Good morning, everyone, and everyone online. I've been uh, going to get right into the message I've been sharing about covenant. Um, Lord has really been putting that on my heart, not only for us in this church, but just in general. Because uh, I think our nation is the way it is right now because we don't really understand the covenant we have with God. And if we did, things would have been different. That's why I always say, you know, why is our nation in the trouble it's in? Because Christians weren't real religious. We were religious. And we need to be real. And that means we have a real covenant. So this is continuing on from the message last time. So I just do a, a little bit of review on, on the covenants. But, um, you know, the way I, I look at things is that, you know, we are in a construct called time and space to me. You know, just something like this, time and space. And God is way out, he's way bigger than time and space. Like I said, even our little three-dimensional mind scientists say there needs to be something like 35 dimensions now for the universe to work the way it works. So we're just three and stuck within time and space. But I believe like all the beings of the universe are watching what's happening in time and space. As we make choices in this time and space, God knows the beginning and the end because he's outside of that. But for all eternity, everybody will be able to look at that and see that God is good, he's right, and he knows what he's doing. Okay, because, you know, I hear people saying, oh, people are generally good, so why does God make so many laws and rules? Why does he have to, you know, just don't have to do so many? And so, you know, in the beginning with Adam and Eve, he just had one rule. All these trees in the garden, just don't eat of this one. He had to give a choice, you see. Because he doesn't want slaves. He doesn't want robots. you got to have a choice then to follow after him. Because he wanted children. Not slaves, not robots. He wanted children, and he is love. And love is freely given and freely received, not forced. you got to do all this. you got to have a choice. So he just gave one easy choice for all those people saying, Ah, too strict men. People are good. They're going to just do good. And guess what? We couldn't keep it. All the universities, we couldn't do that one simple thing. And then you got people who say, if we only had stricter laws, things would be great, right? If we had stricter laws about drugs, nobody would do drugs. We would, you know, be strict, so strict, right? If we had stricter gun laws, there wouldn't be any gun violence, so what did he do with the people of Israel when he made his covenant with Moses? It was strict. You know, somebody commits adultery, stone them, right? It was strict, but guess what? No matter how strict it was, we wouldn't do it. People still wouldn't do it. So there was only one way the whole universe can see to fulfill the covenant with God. And that is he himself came down as a man. And he was the only one who could keep it. And thank God that, you know, the way covenants were made, and like, again, how serious God is about blood covenants. I mean, when, when the, the most serious covenants were blood covenants, and in the old, you know, Middle East, like I said, that's when um, people would, um, they would actually cut themselves, put the blood in the wine, 
and then drink it together saying, we want blood, we brought blood brothers, or we blood, you know, we are one family. But it also meant, I'm willing to die for you, you're willing to die for me. Everything I have is yours, everything you have is mine. This was a serious covenant. And that's the kind of covenant God makes with us. And like I said, this is the no-brainer of the century covenant because everything the almighty, all-powerful God has who has everything in the universe is now ours. Wow, we're his family, we're his children. It's, it's now ours. And he gets everything we have, which is our sin, our shortcomings, my little bank account. But still, we have a part in the covenant with him to do that we you know, we have taken so lightly. This is a, a blood covenant that took the blood of the Son of God to make that covenant because we couldn't do it. So he came as a man, fully man to do it. He felt every single thing that he went through. But, you know, I don't think we even understand what it felt like to take on all the sins of every one of us because he's outside of time and space, past, present, and future ones. Because he knows already what we are going to choose. But that's why we don't choose to sin lightly once we're in this covenant. Because he had to pay for it. Almighty God had to pay for it. That's why we don't take it lightly. We take it seriously. And if we really understand what he did for us, we'd be on our faces saying, Thank you, God. I am so grateful that you paid for this. Because it cost him. It cost God everything. That was the only way to fulfill the covenant with man is that he came down, because a lot of times in this covenant, a representative would make the covenant and sign the covenant for the whole clan. And so that's what he did for us. He signed the covenant in his blood for the whole clan. You know, a lot of times in the, in the Middle East, when they'd sign, would make that blood covenant, the, the terms of the covenant would be written down, and you sign it with your blood. He signed that covenant with the, with the blood. And, and you know what I say is a lot of times we don't understand anymore when we say, you know, um, I'm covered by the blood of the Lamb. And we, you know what? I used to, because, you know, first time I came to the Lord, I was a child. I pictured all this blood all over me like Carrie, the movie Carrie or something. <laughs> you know, all this blood over me. Yuck, whoa, covered by the blood. But, you, you know, you've you got to understand what it's talking about, Okay. Is like if he made the covenant for us, we are covered by that covenant, by his blood that he shed for that covenant. Like, for instance, you know when my son, well, he was 19, I think, and he and three friends said, oh, yeah, we're going to Oahu, we're going to rent a place. Yeah, I get plenty of places for rent. You know what? Nobody wanted to rent to three 19-year-old boys. Nobody. And they went and went. They said, oh, we can't find any place to rent. I said, okay, I'll go with you. So we went to that place, and the guy looks at them, no way, and look, I said, I will co-sign. In other words, I will be responsible for these boys. If they don't pay the rent, I will pay the rent. They damage anything, I will pay for it. And so the guy signed the rental agreement. You see, but that's what Jesus did for us with God. I will pay for everything. Any damage they do, anytime they break your covenant, I will pay the price. And he, because he's outside of time and space, he already did. He paid the price. That's what we're covered by the blood of the lamb and what he did. Okay? My, my, my son and his friends were covered by me. I'm going to pay everything. 
they do. That's why we don't take it lightly, our covenant with Him lightly. Because He still had to pay it for us. It cost Him everything, even though it was free for me, free for my sons, my son and his friends. But I was saying, I'm going to pay for it. And He already paid for it. That's what it means, covered. Right? Like, you know, <laughs> like, you know the, the father signs the insurance or the health insurance for the whole family, right? You covered. But who got to pay for it? The dad, the person who signed it. So he did that for us. And like I said, it's a serious blood covenant, the most serious covenant you can do. Um, Exodus 24, 7 to 8. This is the covenant he made with Moses, that strict covenant. Then he took the book of the covenant and read it aloud to the people. Again, they all responded, we will do everything the Lord has commanded. Yeah, right. We will obey. Yeah, right. Then Moses took the blood from the basins and splattered it over the people, declaring, look, this blood confirms the covenant you made with your Lord. This is a blood covenant, this serious stuff, in giving you these instructions. Yeah, they didn't do it. Then Matthew 16, 24 to 25. This is the new covenant in Jesus' blood signed. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you want to be my followers, you like being covenant with me? I have everything. You'll be in my family now. Everything I have is yours. But if any of you want to be in covenant with me, you must turn from your selfish ways, your old ways, take up your cross, being willing to die to your old self, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. How many of us Christians understand our covenant? We're hanging on to our old life. That's why they say, Christians don't look anything different from non-Christians in America. We're supposed to be different. But we didn't keep to our covenant. And you know what? You don't keep to the covenant. You don't get all the promises of the covenant either. Like my favorite scripture, Romans 8.28, that he will work all things for the good, no matter what evil is in this world, because he gives everybody free will. No matter what bad happens, all the diseases of the world that happen because of sins of the world too. He will work all things for our good. That's an awesome promise. No matter how bad, and, and I tell you what, I, I can tell you story after story where things seem so bad and he worked it all out for good. If we in covenant with him, he promises the almighty, all-powerful God. But uh, do we understand our covenant or have we broken it? To dive to our old life, but if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. Matthew 10, 39. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will find it. You cling to your old life, you're not in covenant with him. You made a covenant. You're going to give up. You're going to die. He, he died for us. We're going to die for him to our old self, our old life. That's being born again. That's why we do Baptism. That's what baptism represents. I'm dying to my old life, and I'm going to live for you now. Now, that doesn't mean I'm going to be perfect. But it means I am setting myself aside as holy for you, for your works. That means that my heart, again, it's a circumcision of the heart, the Bible says, to follow after you. And if we fall, but it's Jesus already paid for that, but we don't take it lightly. We really understood that every time we turn we fall, 
we sin, we should be broken and repentance because he had to pay for it all. Not way bigger than I paying for my son's rent or things they broke. He had to pay much more for us. That's how valuable you are to him. Trust in his love and that he loves you. That's how valuable you are to him. He already knew all the heavy stuff we were going to do, all the bad stuff, and he paid for it anyway. That's how much he loves you. We should appreciate it if we understand the covenant we are in. So, you know, uh, like I was, I accepted Jesus like when I was about five years old. My mom just said, oh, do you believe Jesus is God? Yeah. Do you believe he, he died for you since? Yeah. I, I didn't, re, you know, like it, your, my soul kind of understood, but I didn't really understand. And so I believe he was watching over me since that time, but I didn't feel anything about him in my life, and, and the scripture didn't make any sense to me. But then when I, we re, I rededicated my life to him when I was about 24, not rededicated, just say, I'm going to seek you again. And then Yolanda and I got rebaptized. You know, this church has Anabaptist roots. What that means is, is they were the rebaptizers. Because before, everybody, you know, the, the old Catholic way, I baptize you when you're a baby. But you don't know, understand the covenant you're getting into. I'm willing to die to be in this covenant with you. So they were rebaptizing people. And they were persecuted. And they wouldn't burn them at the stake. They would drown them. That's the persecution they had. That's our roots. Because saying no. And, you know, I got, we got rebaptized When I understood I am making this covenant to follow after you, God. And choosing to lay down my own life. And follow after you. When I made that covenant and we got baptized that time. Both of us, it was like we came out of the water and it was like light, fire. I don't know how to describe it. Yolanda just started speaking in tongues and I, uh, 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 that's all was coming out of me. It was just like, and since that time, the word of God was, oh, it was so deep, so awesome. I couldn't get enough. I would be studying it late at night with all my books and all my commentaries and, oh no, I got to work the next day. I don't want to go to sleep. Oh, this is, you know, so many rabbit holes to go down. This, oh, wow, look at this, look at this word, look at this. And just couldn't get enough. It was enlightened to me all of a sudden, instead of not making sense. When, we were, when I was in covenant with him, and then miracles started happening. Healing, finances, yeah, miracles in creation. If we're in covenant with him, you know what it says? Signs and wonders will follow after those who believe. If it's not in this world, then we got to really think, are we in covenant with him? Or have we broken our covenant with him so we have no authority, no power? Okay, so Exodus 23, 20. See, I am sending an angel before you to protect you on your journey. This is telling to the people of Israel in that old covenant. You make a covenant with me? I am sending an angel before you to protect you and lead you safely to the place I prepared for you. Pay close attention to him and obey his instructions. That's the covenant. Do not rebel against him, for he is my representative, and he will not forgive your rebellion. 
they had to kill an animal every time, an innocent animal. Especially if you were a poor man in that day. You only had a few, and they were like real close family pets. Well, you lay your hand on their head, and you slit their throat. You watch them suffer and die. That's how much it costs. Well, now Jesus paid for it all. And it continues, but if you are, if you are careful to obey him... Following all my instructions, then I will be an enemy to your enemies. Wow, what a great covenant. The almighty, all-powerful God will be an enemy to our enemies. Worth the covenant. And I will oppose those who oppose you. And that's why, against 1 Samuel 17, 26b, when David comes against Goliath... He says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Because we are in covenant with him, so he is our protector. He is our leader. Nothing can defeat us when we're in covenant with him. And maybe the other people in Israel were afraid, because you know why? They weren't in covenant with God, even though they supposed to be, they have... Broken it in their personal lives, maybe. Or they didn't have faith in God and His covenant. But David had faith. He was right with God. The Bible says David had, had, you know, had a heart after him. David was right with him because all it is is you read the Bible. David was not completely sinless. Not at all. But his heart was a heart after him. And he had covenant. And the Old Testament symbol of covenant, circumcision. That's why he said, you uncircumcised Philistine. That was the key, was so important. Not like you big, ugly brute. Uncircumcised. You have no covenant. I have covenant with the Almighty, all-powerful God. I don't care if I'm a little boy with a rock. You're going to be defeated because all-powerful, almighty God is on my side. That's what he was saying. And in the New Testament, again, Acts 19, 13 to 16, some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who are demon-possessed. They would say, in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. But they didn't have covenant. Seven sons of Siva, a Jewish chief priest, no, a chief Jewish priest, were doing this. One day the evil spirits answers them, Jesus I know, and Paul I know about, because he has covenant with Jesus. But who are you? You don't have covenant. You're basically, your heart is uncircumcised. Now it's not circumcision of the flesh, but of our hearts. Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them, overpowered them all. He gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. They had no power, because they had no covenant. They weren't in covenant with God. That's how important this covenant is. But this is the new covenant, God says. Wait, did I skip something? No. I will make with the people of Israel in those days, says the Lord. I will put my instructions deep within them, and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. Okay. Exodus 34, 6-7. The Lord passed in front of Moses, calling out, Yahweh, the Lord. The God of compassion and mercy. Our God is compassionate and merciful with us, I tell you. 
I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. I'm so glad he is with me. I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations. I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin. How many times have I rebelled? But I do not excuse the guilty. He is a righteous judge, and the Bible says you will reap what you sow. Yeah? If you steal my car, I might say I forgive you, but you know what? You've got to pay for my car. If I'm a righteous judge, pay for any damage and give me my car back or buy me one new one. So you still got to pay. You're forgiven. So don't sin lightly because you're, guess what? You're going to reap what you sow. Yeah? And so, and I lay the sins of the parents upon the children and grandchildren. The entire family is affected by sin. We don't fully understand this now, but science is now understanding that it's in your DNA that's passed down. Even children to the third and fourth generation. Yeah, passed down to the third and fourth generation. Again, watch 700 Club, and they, they have epigenetics. I'll show you what science is finding, finally finding now. 1 Corinthians 7.19 For it makes no difference whether or not a man has been circumcised in the flesh. The important thing is he keeps God's commandments because they're circumcised in his heart. And John 14, 15, if you love me, obey my commandments. If we love him first because we understand how much he loves us. He wanted you so much. He paid for all the things you've ever done and all the things you will do. If we are not in covenant, we are not doing our part in the covenant because God always does his part. We are the covenant breakers all the time. God never breaks his covenants. He never breaks his covenants with us. We always break it. And then we wonder why we have no authority against the enemy. We wonder why healing doesn't happen, signs and wonders don't happen. We don't have covenant. We have no right to use his name in the name of Jesus, this or that. If, if we're broken our covenant... God cannot keep us safe because we choose not to be in covenant with him. We're not under his protection, his provision, his care. If we want, you know, salvation is free. But there's still covenant there. If we want to come back into covenant with him, he makes a way to come back. If we repent, he will forgive. Revelations 19, 7b-8. For the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. God compares his covenant with us as a wedding covenant and vows that he takes seriously when you make them before God. Till death do us part, sickness and health, better or for worse. When we say that, we're making it before God. And his bride has made herself ready, fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's holy people. And 2 Corinthians 11, 2. For I am a jealous for you or with the jealousy of God himself because you are my wife, like he's saying. That's the covenant he compares it to. I don't want you going around with all these other gods, committing adultery with all these other gods. You have made a covenant with me. I'm keeping mine. Are we keeping ours? And then we wonder why we have no power in our lives, in the church. Understanding covenant. 
Our salvation is free. But covenant is what gives us authority and power. I promise you as a pure bride to one husband Christ. I promised you as a pure one husband Christ. We broke in our marriage vows. He paid for it, but we don't take it lightly. We thank God for every time we did. Every time we had premarital sex. Guess what? In, in, you know, Adam and Eve didn't have a state licensed pastor come and marry them. Yeah? When two became one, they were in covenant. We take seriously every time we've done that because you stole from that person's future husband or wife, their, their father, the mother, stole from them. We'd be broken, broken about it. And when we f- repent, he forgives. But if we're not fully broken, guess what? We're not fully repentant, then he cannot fully forgive us. We want the authority, we repent fully, take full responsibility. Exodus 19, 5 to 6a, now, you, now if you will obey me and keep my covenant, okay, you will be my own special treasure from among all the peoples on earth. This is the covenant, if we will keep it with him. And you will be my kingdom of priests, my holy nation. This is what he says in Exodus, but look at Revelations 1, 5 to 6. And from Jesus Christ, um, if the worship team will come up as we end. And from Jesus Christ, he is the faithful witness to these things. The first to rise from the dead, we are in his family now. And the ruler of all the kings of the world. All glory to him who loves us. He loves you so much, he paid for all your sins. He loves us and has freed us from our sins by shedding his blood for us. Just like I would pay for my son's rent, he paid for all yours. He has made us a kingdom of priests, okay? We are now the kingdom of priests for God and his, for God, his father. All glory and power to him forever and ever, amen. We, when we're in covenant with him in the new covenant, we are the kingdom of priests for our God. So let's take the covenant seriously and act like priests. We all are. Not pastor. Every single one in covenant is now priest of our God. And let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much that you were willing to pay for every time I broke covenant with you. You paid in your blood. And so help me not take lightly every time I fall and turn. Because it costs, you have to pay for it. And I'm sorry, God. Help me to do right by you. Because my heart is circumcised. I want to follow after you. Help me. Strengthen me because I can't do it on my own. That's why you had to come and do it. We couldn't do it on our own. But now you put your spirit in us, so help us to do it so that we can be in covenant with you, have the authority, the power in you, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.